Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, David Crockett. I'm Lee. Coming to you from the DTOM studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. Your host, Don Q. It is Wednesday, April 12th, 2023. You know what we're going to do. We're going to play that music rock. Let's go. Day afternoon. How's everybody doing out there today? All right. Got a few things I want to talk about today. Probably be a short show, you know, 59 and a half minutes, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it takes us. How's that sound? Um, yeah. I like to run my mouth, so I've been told. Anywho. Let's talk about our next sponsor, or other sponsor, I should say. Uh, Let's not forget about Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at christianlawson.com. And use the promo code DTOM at checkout to get 30% off your purchase price. That's right, christianlawson.com. Promo code DTOM. A couple of things, guys. Please make sure to check us out on social media at uh, Don't Try It On America on Facebook and Instagram. And on the Ticker Talker. And I got stuff to talk about with Ticker Talker. And uh, on the uh, Twitter machine at DTOM underscore 1775. So, still having soundboard issues. Um, Hopefully I'll get that rectified this week. If I get it. If if not, it'll be by Sunday. Monday. Whatever. So, uh... Also, don't forget to check us out on uh, the uh, the internet there at www.dontreadonamerica.com. On all of those uh, platforms, you can uh, message me. Uh, you can ask me questions. 
throw me some ideas or some concerns that are in your area, whether you're in this country or not. And, um, yeah, I guess that's it. Guys, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please subscribe. Subscribe to the show. You're already listening to it. It's free. I'm not going to charge you. And uh, make sure you're sharing this with your friends, most importantly. And if it is a app that allows you to do a, <clears throat> excuse me, to do a um, a rating or a review, then uh, please do that also. That would be fantabulous. Okay, so got a couple of things we're going to cover. I, I'm really <laughs> okay. So with today being Wednesday. I tend to listen to a lot of different podcasts because I have a lot of time on my hands at work. Now, I listen to other podcasts, and I listen listen to like-minded podcasts, and I've told you the ones before, so I'm not going to dwell on that situation. But um, <laughs> I think the, kills, the thing that kills me is the, the podcasts I listen to, these guys are, you know, professional podcast people, individuals. Which, which, what I mean by that is they get paid to do a job. Now, I think that can be a downfall, and I think that's where podcasters like myself, who are self-funded, I don't rely... I mean, yeah, I would love to have some sponsors and so on and so forth, but I don't stress that. I've told you all before, it's not like it's, you know, a $1,000 a week operation to run this thing. So it, it enables me to be a little more free with what I talk about because I'm not beholden to a sponsor or a corporate entity of any kind. Um, I mean, realistically, you see our brand. You see our label. Um, we're already being targeted. I mean, we have to be just based on the label you see on your podcast app right now. Just that flag alone has got us targeted. I'm sure would be in shadow band to some extent, but you know, whatever, whatever the thing that pisses me off is, and I'll tell you, I listen to Jack Posobiec, Tim pool, Bongino. And then when I'm tired of listening or, you know, I'll listen to some Jesse Kelly. Um, but what, I, what kills me is, <clears throat> and Jesse Kelly's kind of funny because he's, his podcast is actually his radio show that they re air on a podcast. And he's actually more, if you guys haven't listened to him, he's more uh, truthful about what he says than the other ones. And and what I mean by that is this. Okay, so I listened to Pasobic the other day. All he talked about was John Wick. I don't give a fuck about John Wick. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're good movies. I saw the first one, and then Chris rags me all the time because what are we on for? Whatever. I'm just not a movie guy. Okay, well, on Tim Pool's show that I listened to today was was actually his Tuesday show. He spent thirty minutes talking about Super Mario Brothers. I, I don't care. Your your show is not a pop culture show. Your show is a news show, an event show, a shock and awe, a commentate. You know, you're supposed to be giving your version of what you think is going on and why it's going on. I don't care about Super Mario Brothers and John Leguizamo and whoever else is in the movie, wants to be in the movie, should have been in the movie, is not in the movie, whatever. I don't care. 
So now mind this. This is coming from a dude with a full-time job and a part-time podcast that makes dog piss Jones doing this. Okay? So by that, I can I, I can criticize them and then they can be like, who the fuck are you, dude? You don't know what you're talking about. Okay, cool. As a listener, I know what I'm talking about, and I don't want to hear uh, the E uh, podcast about fucking movie reviews. I don't care about the movies. Now, I will say this. If you happen to listen to Tim Pool and you listen to his Tuesday show, and if you are a fan of uh, Super Mario Brothers and you want to go see the movie, don't listen to Tim Pool's show, his Tuesday show. And not that I care who you listen to, but he will ruin the movie for you. <laughs> so, a little heads up. At any rate, um, what these guys aren't talking about is where I'm going with this. And they're touching on subjects, but they're not delving into the subjects. They cover Bob Lee being murdered last week in in uh, San Francisco. But all they talk about is in that situation is how he was stabbed and no one helped him and crime is outrageous in these cities and blah, 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 blah. No one's making another connection that the Deton boys are are going to twist and mold and I'm going to tell you why I believe, and me and Chris talked about this, why we believe this is happening. And there's other names I'm going to tell you about that's this is this isn't new. I mean, Bob Lee obviously dying last week was new. I'm not saying he's been dead. But um there's other people that have been getting killed or mysteriously dying. So why? So I guess the ultimate question is is why are all these Bob Lee, okay, so for those of you that don't know. Bob Lee is or was a um I guess I should have had his his deal here. Let me look that up real quick. I, I know the gist, but I want to be more precise. <sighs> Bob Lee tires. All right, let's go check him out. It must be a different Bob Lee, I'm guessing, huh? Where is his Wikipedia? Here it is. We'll just use Wikipedia because, you know, whatever. Okay, so born in 79, died last week. He was an American businessman, software engineer who founded Cash App. Now, this is where it's important, Cash App. He was a CTO of Block, formerly known as Square, and the chief uh, product officer of MobileCoin. Okay, so essentially, he was he would be what you would be considered a crypto millionaire, billionaire. I don't know what his his net worth was, but um, and that's kind of where I'm going with this. Okay, it's kind of twofold with Bob Lee. Number one, Cash App. Number two, MobileCoin. Now, MobileCoin is a peer-to-peer cryptocurrency developer, um, which was founded back in 2017. So the key here is two things. Square, yeah, we all know what Square is. That's the, the thing you put on your phone where you can take credit cards if you own like a little business or whatever. So I'm not really focused on that. It's more the mobile coin or the cryptocurrency aspect of him plus the Cash App situation. Now, why am I worried about that? Okay, you guys have all heard that in the next couple of months, um, the F- the Federal Reserve said uh, in January, I'm sorry, July, they're launching the Fed Now service. 
Okay, so what is the FedNow service? So essentially, the FedNow is a, a way for people to... It's, it's basically Cash App. <laughs> I mean, for lack of a better term, it's basically Cash App or similar to PayPal or Venmo or those types of entities. So, like, I use PayPal. Okay, whatever, whatever. I get it. But I use PayPal because it's easy. If you buy buy and sell on, on eBay, if you make purchases online, it's a little more secure than using your credit card. Um, but... It's very, from what I understand of the FedNow situation, the, the, the new FedNow thing, whatever it's called, is um, it's going to be very similar and had a lot of similarities to, to Cash App. Now, I'm going to plead ignorant when I tell you that I don't really know what Cash App is other than what it sounds like it is. So what is this? A mobile payment service available in the United States. United Kingdom allows... User transfer money, so it's kind of like Venmo. So you can transfer money from one person to another, and um, and I think this FedNow is is a combination of Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, and uh, those types of entities where you can transfer money between people. You can pay for stuff online, and um, I'm not going to get into the whole FedNow usage i guess because we don't really know anything there's a lot of assumptions that if you as of right now it's not going to be like a mandatory thing if you want to make purchases online you have to use it. it's not right now it's not going to be mandatory but we all can kind of see where this might be going um if you if you have a little bit of a conspiracy bone in your body um and we've heard the, that Fed now how it's being intertwined with CBDCs, right? Central bank digital currencies. Now, why, why would the government or or whoever the powers that be, whether it's the government, the WEF, the the uh, bloodlines of the Illuminati, the 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 elites, whatever you want to put there, why would quote unquote they care about crypto billionaires or anything of the source well I saw an article and this was before I did the Sunday show and that's where I kind of touched on the Bob Lee situation on Sunday and I told you I was going to bring it to you today and lo and behold article's gone I know shock right but, as memory serves me, and this probably is why the article has magically disappeared, the uh, Bob Lee was set to sue the federal government over the FedNow, uh, and I'm assuming this is going to be an app, over the FedNow app because of the similarities to the Cash app. And the, the usage, I mean, it was basically the same program. And then he was mercilessly stabbed to death outside of his, you know, apartment, condo, whatever, 
Um, but I also think it's interesting, the cryptocurrency aspect of it. Okay, and I'll tell you why here in just a minute. So you guys, I'm, I'm assuming you do, know who Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is. Okay, so that's Robert F. Kennedy's son. We did a show, a DTOM file show on RFK and Sirhan Sirhan and all that stuff. You can go back and listen to it. So Robert F. Kennedy, the other day, um, actually I think it was... Was it last week? Um, this day, oddly enough, the day after Bob Lee died. Bob Lee died on April 4th, and he, on April 5th, announced that he was going to run for president. Now, you might not have heard about this. Maybe you have, but more than likely you haven't, because oddly enough, nobody's talking about this. Now, why aren't they talking about this? Well, he's a Democrat. And why are we talking about it, right? We're pro-Republican. No, we're pro-common sense, Okay. Um, I, I think he's an interesting individual, albeit he is a Democrat. But he um, he's very much, he, he's not your typical Democrat, let's put it that way. He is an American environmental lawyer and author known for promoting anti-vaccine propaganda and conspiracy theories. He is, uh, okay, yeah. So he is the nephew of JFK and son of RFK, right? So he helped profi- uh, found a nonprofit environmental group, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Um, let me just kind of skim down here. In 2005, he um, has promoted the scientifically discredited link between vaccines and autism. Um, and I think he... So, yeah, he's he's a kind of what you would call, a lot of people call him an anti-vaxxer. He's against the COVID vaccine. He's, um, let me read this here. Yeah, so it's very interesting to see why, I guess, why is he running? He's not in Congress. He's not in Senate. Not that that matters any. Um, it's just interesting to see that all this is coming out, but he also put a tweet out the other day. This was on the 10th, so uh, what was that, Monday. And this is what his tweet says. The claim that FedNow is not the first step to CBDC would be more easily digestible were we not aware of the Biden administration's steady, steady barrage of hostile broadsides against cryptocurrency. Now, this is very important I'm going to read this whole tweet. It's quite long. And and the reason I say this is important is when I when I tell you to listen to the words of, that are coming out of my mouth, I'm going to link all this together with Bob Lee and other crypto billionaires and some of our bank failures. So between 2008 and 2022, the Fed partnered with a handful of big banks to print $10 trillion dollars. 10 centuries of wealth in 15 years. A bonanza for the banksters. Cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin gave the public an escape route from the splatter zone when this bubble invariably burst. So the White House is colluding with the banksters to keep us all trapped in a bubble of profiteering and control. In his February 8th post on 
pirate wires, Nick Carter, described how the White House has organized banks, bankers to participate in a sophisticated widespread crackdown to destroy the crypto industry. Carter describes 15 incidents where President Biden was, has weaponized the FDIC, the OCC, and the DOJ to force crypto-friendly banks to close their doors to crypto firms since December 3rd. Let me repeat that. He has weaponized the FTC, the OCC, and the DOJ to force crypto-friendly banks to close their doors to crypto firms. That's starting back in December. The recent crackdown on crypto blocks, exit ramps, removes alternative rails, and strengthens government control over both the financial and political systems. We should all be wary since CBDCs are the ultimate mechanism for social surveillance and control. Um, as Balhai Servisan says, the distinction between FedNow and a CBDC is important from the technical standpoint, but not from a civil liberties uh, standpoint. He compares FedNow to a virus that has evolved to evade recognition by changing its sequence without really changing its function. So basically, the FedNow would be the bank, so to speak, would be the crypto uh, bank, you know, of the CBDC. And all of this would be ran and monitored by the federal government. So if they force us into using these CBDCs, then... They're going to be able to monitor everything you buy. Oh, you can't buy that gun. You can't buy that that ammunition. You can't buy that steak. You can't buy that gas. You can't buy that whatever. It's and and the thing that kills me, the thing that really drives me crazy about all of this is, and I said this to Chris. I said <clears throat> you're going to have sixty to seventy percent of this country. Just, bah, 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 yep, sir, let's do it. Fat down, that sounds great. CBDC, I don't have to carry a wallet. Blah, blah, blah. They're going to be all in line, goose-stepping like, they're because they're fucking idiots. Because that's like going to be the same 60% or so that went and got the fucking needle stuck in their arm without any kind of guarantee, without any kind of reassurance, without any kind of study on what they were putting in their body. So, why does this matter? So, like I said, Biden weaponized federal agencies to force crypto-friendly banks to close. So, is that true? Well, so I started thinking about this. Okay, well, we just had a bunch of banks, you know, a handful of banks close. What did they have to do with cryptocurrencies? Okay. <laughs> So, cryptocurrency companies have revealed an exposure of at least $4 billion across Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. And their assets are worth up to $3.5 billion are stored in uh, Signature Valley, or I'm sorry, Silicon Valley Bank. And uh, almost $500 million are in Signature Bank. So, that's two of the four banks that recently closed, right? So you had Silvergate, uh, Silicon, uh, Silicon, Silicon Valley Bank, 
Signature Bank, and uh, the next bank was First Republic Bank, right? So if you look at the graph here, which you can't look at, so I'll just have to tell you about it. Um, let me, where's it at? Where's the graph at? Awesome bitch. Come on, where you at, graph? Are you kidding me? Is the graph gone? The graph's gone. Oh, son of a bitch. I know I had a graph here. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, so you had... Um, you had... Oh, shit, where are the banks? Signature, uh, Valley, and... Uh, crap. Silvergate, okay. So all, all four of these banks are, are basically cryptocurrency banks. So they dealt a lot with Bitcoin and these different entities of, of Bitcoin. I don't know all the names, so whatever. Um... So you have a situation where, you know, we were told one story, you know, the news told us one story of why these different banks closed and collapsed and whatever. But in all honesty, now that you hear this coming from the mouth of someone who's running for president, this isn't a crazy kookhead. This isn't like, you know, just some random dude that said, I'm running for president. Oh, by the way, you know, this is a person who's claiming that Biden weaponized his entities to go into and and force these banks to close down. They dealt with cryptocurrencies. And then and then also on top of that, what has been happening in the past year? Not even quite a year, but let's just call it a year. Now we've heard stories of all these different cryptocurrency uh, billionaires, millionaires, whatever, and um, that have been dying magically, or, you know, I shouldn't say magically, but suspiciously, on top of, uh, what was that, Sam Bankman Freed or whatever, being arrested for um, his situation going under, you know, you had Binance kind of involved in that whole situation, what's going on with that? So you have uh, Tion... Tian Tian, Kulander, and some other guy with the last name of Tehran. I'm not even going to try and say his first name. Both who died. Now, this article was actually from, um, I think it was December. Yeah, December of last year. Had fortunes estimated to be worth billions of dollars and now at the center of a new conspiracy narrative on social media despite limited no evidence that either died as a result of a plot against them or foul play. Um... It follows only a month after multi, after millionaire crypto developer Nikolai Mushigan, 29, died, uh, drowned in Puerto Rico. Um, so you had those three. Let me see if I can pull up some more names. So I found this article. And let me see what the name of this situation is. This is the Crypto Mist. So it's about crypto and whatever. The title of the head of this article was Crypto Guys Are Dying causes of death in the industry. Bob Lee, creator of Cash App, is the latest case of crypto guys who are dying, ranging from CEOs of industry companies to cryptocurrency billionaires. Um, so the hunt is still on for for the killer of Bob Lee. And uh, Lee's, Lee's death, death, what took place, was announced um, the other day on the 4th uh, as to a list of crypto guys who are dying. Um, Brooke... Jenkins, San Francisco District Attorney, wrote on the social network of crypto lovers as followed. 
I want to extend my Syrian. Okay, whatever. The uh, 43-year-old died a few hours after being found by police with knife wounds in his body, caused the death of stabbing, and the killer killer still on the loose. Just as crypto exchange FTX, uh, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried of FTX, uh, was co uh, confirming its collapse, more crypto guys died. In late December, news broke. I just told you about the two. Um, Turan died of a, uh, in a helicopter crash. And uh, it doesn't... I don't see where the other... Okay, Tion, Tion, however you say his name. He died in his sleep. He had Nikolai, like I said, died, uh, drowned in the beach, on a beach in the water in Puerto Rico, wherever he was at. <laughs> cool Ender cool, uh, was a co-founder of Amber Group. A cryptocurrency trading platform that was valued at three billion dollars. Uh, cases of alleged suicides among uh, cryptocurrency industries uh, are running rampant. So you also had Javier Boasca, 53-year-old suicide, jumped from the fifth floor of his hotel in Spain in late 22 uh, November 22. Uh, his story had something to do with a massive crypto-based Ponzi scheme. So, let me see. Uh, and his story is somewhat reminiscent of the of uh, John McAfee's death, who was found in Barcelona. So you have a situation where it's just a lot of very, very rich people that deal in cryptocurrency or cryptocurrency apps or cash exchange apps right dying being murdered plane uh, helicopter crashes jumping you know committing suicide and this is all within the last year i mean this isn't like oh this this guy died 10 years ago so what's your connection no this was in the last year 12 to 14 months you're talking so on top of these individuals dying you have the banks that deal in cryptocurrency collapsing. When all this was going on with the banks, when it was bank crash season last month in March, right? I mean, it seems like every month has a has a theme. Am I am I wrong? I mean, was February's train derailment season season? March is was bank collapse, economy collapse season, and uh, we're in April. We haven't really figured out what season this is yet. I I don't know if this will be you know, military takeover season or what, but we'll, we'll find that out soon enough. I'm sure you have, um, that big scare, like when Silicon Valley bank collapsed, like we were told, Oh shit. And that's fueled a lot of people's speculation towards our economy crashing. Now in all essence, I don't think one has to do with the other. Because these banks dealt in cryptocurrency. And you had a run on the banks on that stuff. And if the federal government is pushing these banks out of cryptocurrency. Because they... Why would the government want to get rid of crypto? Because they can't control it. Okay? When, when you even just have a regular bank. Whatever bank you bank at. And you have a debit card or a credit card or whatever you have. Um, we've heard stories of different credit card companies, different banks, especially your big banks, Bank of America and Wells Fargo and whatever, 
where they're actually monitoring what you're purchasing. So if you go to the to a gun shop and you buy a new gun, whatever that gun is, doesn't matter. There's reports of these banks reporting you to the ATF. Oh, you know, Don Q just bought a new AR-15 at, you know, McGillicuddy's gun shop and paid, you know, 700 bucks for it. Just letting you know that's going to be a situation where it's almost like are they are they trying to create a system to red flag but not even so much red flag but to actually stop the purchase will it be a situation whether you have the fed now app or cbdc's so like in florida for example uh desantis a couple weeks ago came out and said that uh he's not you know we're not participating in that he's got a coalition of states and yada 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 whatever all he said but essentially, Florida, how this is going to be possible is beyond me, but this is what he said, um, isn't going to participate in CBDCs, and that's we're going to still use cash. You know, okay, that's all fine and dandy. You can say that all day long. In the grand scheme of things, if you if you bank it, bank of, what are the big ones? So Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Truist, um, uh, uh, what's that one? Uh, Chase, right? If you bank at some of these big banks, they're not Florida banks. So is it, is it a situation where maybe, depending, no matter where you live, you probably have a credit union of some sort. I, I don't know all the banking in all the states, but around here, you know, we have like, you know, just different credit unions. You have like Suncoast Credit Union, you have Mid Florida Credit Union. Will it be a situation where it would be wise to get out of the national banks, get out of Bank of America or Chase or Wells Fargo or whoever you bank with and move it to a uh, credit union. And I say credit union more so than a small bank. And the reason I say that is because who's to say, I mean, I've seen where, for example, in Florida, now Truist, I've never even heard of Truist. It's like all of a sudden, all the SunTrust banks, which was a Florida bank, became Truist. So obviously, whoever Truist is bought up all the SunTrust banks in Florida. Okay. Uh, same thing happened with Wells Fargo. Uh, I can't recall Wachovia. and I don't remember all the names of the different banks that this one on the corner was. But uh, it kind of went through like regional, 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 bam, Wells Fargo. You, you understand what I'm saying? Now, Bank of America has been around forever. I mean, so is Wells Fargo. But um, if you bank with one of those big banks and you live in Florida, well, you might not have to do the CBDC, but in the meantime, those banks are still going to monitor your purchases and either freeze your accounts when you go to the gun shop. You know, they'll, they'll put a red flag like, okay, if, if you have a tendency to buy ammunition, whether you buy it online or you go to your local gun store, or if you buy guns, okay? I mean, if you live in a specific area, they can, I mean, these guys are way smarter than we think they are, which means they're super smart, and they have the technology to know, okay, I'm at uh, Bob's Gun Shop, as soon as that credit card or debit card gets ran, you know, they could just as easily free. I mean, I've had stuff where I've been out of state on vacation. Like we went to Louisville, for example, last year. 
and I was at Louisville Slugger Museum, whatever it's called, because I was getting a bat made for the Dual Credit America show, right? And I uh, went to go pay for it with my credit card, boop, and it denied. <laughs> I was buying one for for the show and then one for my grandson. It ran the card, it gets denied. Oh, what the fuck is it denied for? Oh, be, I, I guess they, you know, thought it was stolen or whatever. It's not like I wasn't buying anything illegal, but point being is they had the technology to freeze your account. They froze it, it for my protection. I got like a text, if you're making this purchase, just hit yes and we'll approve it, whatever. So who's to say I go to a gun shop? They don't have all these gun shops in, throughout the country flagged. So as soon as, you know, because if you have a... You, those of you that have your own businesses know this. If you have the the adaption to accept credit cards at your business, you're given a customer ID or whatever it's called, right? And if you're Bob's Gun Shop, you have, you know, I'm Bob's Gun Shop and I take Visa, MasterCard, Discover Card, whatever, and uh, my credit card ID number is 12345, right? So they know <laughs> as soon as, you know, Don Q runs his credit card for his $700 AR at Bob's Gun Shop, 12345, it, boop, Red flag. Denied. And that's kind of how this is going to work. So, just be weary of, see, you know, if you want to buy, I've never really got into the whole crypto thing. To me, <laughs> that makes no sense. Like, right now, I'm looking at this, and crypto's over $30,000 for for one Bitcoin. So, one Bitcoin is worth $30,000. <laughs> What is a Bitcoin? <laughs> what is it? Now, <laughs> we just had this conversation the other day talking about our money, talking about the U.S. dollar. What is the U.S. dollar? What is it backed up by? Well, it's a petrodollar, so it's backed up by oil. It's backed up by our military. It's backed up by our reputation, right? But in essence, there's no value to that dollar. It's a piece of paper, and our coin money is crap. I mean, technically, a penny a penny, the, the copper that is in the penny is worth more than the penny, oddly enough. But that's only because po copper is at ridiculous prices right now. But our, our coins don't technically have value like they used to. A quarter used to be a quarter quarter's worth of silver. It was actually a silver quarter, and it was a silver... It, it was the weight of that quarter was worth... It's out. It's weight in silver. <laughs> you know, however much a quarter weighs is how much that silver was worth at that time, and it fluctuated because obviously silver and gold and that stuff fluctuates. It's not however much a quarter weighs. If it's a gram or whatever, um, today it might be worth a quarter. Tomorrow it might be worth thirty cents. Next day it might be worth twenty-two cents. You understand what I'm saying? And you had fifty-cent pieces, and you had these different coins that were made of silver. And the weight of that coin was worth what it was in silver. Okay? Now, this stuff's made out of whatever. You know, steel and nickel and, you know, dead babies. Hell, I don't know. But they're not worth... A nickel's not worth a nickel. A quarter's not worth a quarter. They're technically worth that, but they're not actually worth that, if that makes any sense. And a dollar bill, twenty dollar bill, five million, whatever. It's a piece of fucking paper. It's not worth anything. So 
but at least it has some kind of a backing, whether it be oil or our reputation or military might, whatever you want to call it. Bitcoin is is nothing. There's nothing. It's nothing tangible. It's it's an idea. It's a it's a I don't even know. I don't even know exactly what it is. So it's digital currency, right? So now the federal government sees the value of imaginary money, essentially, and they want a piece of that pie. But it's not even so much they want a piece of the pie, of the pie because of the value, but because of the control it'll have. Anyway, 40 minutes later, he's still talking about crypto. All right. So real quick, the Restrict Act. So I'm not going to read the Restrict Act because it's in Washington talk. But essentially, know this about the Restrict Act. When, whenever you're watching the news, okay, and they call a bill by something that it's not, i.e. in Florida last year, Ron DeSantis signed the Don't Say Gay bill. Nowhere in that bill did it say anything about not saying gay. Didn't exist. Made up. The bill had nothing to do with not saying gay. It basically said you can't say gay. No, you can't encourage children to think a certain way when it comes to sexuality and, and stuff. And it was within a certain age rate. I think it was like kindergarten to, uh, I don't know, middle school, whatever it was. But it ran with it, and they still talk about it to this day, that it's the don't say gay bill. It doesn't say that. And the Restrict Act is being called what? The Ban TikTok Act or whatever it's called. It has nothing in that bill. If you are so inclined, look it up. Restrict Act. Nowhere in that bill does it even mention the word TikTok. On a clock, on your, on your phone, it doesn't mention it. So you have to wonder, if you, if you read the bill, essentially... Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and read it to you, but essentially what that bill says is what it covers is back in 2002, I think it was, or the end of 2001, after um, 9-11, they passed the Patriot Act, right? And the Patriot Act took a lot of our civil liberties away from us, but, I shouldn't say but, but they did it under the guides of fear, so why were they able to get that passed through? And, and not only passed through, but it passed with a majority vote and popular support. You didn't really hear a lot of people out there like, no, this is bullshit. I think Rand Paul was like the only person in Ron Paul that were like, no, guys, read the fucking bill. But we were scared into accepting that bill. Yeah, we need to do this stuff. We need to create the NSA. We need to have all this stuff. Yeah, we need it. Well, essentially, what the Restrict Act is, covers, it kind of dots the I's and cross the, crosses the T's of, of the stuff they missed in the Patriot Act. And it's not even so much that they missed it. You're talking 22 years ago that that bill was passed. Technology has come a long ways in those 22 years. You got to think we had cell phones back then, but they weren't iPhones or smartphones or Samsungs or whatever you got. They were flip phones. They were just Nokias, you know, whatever. They were just basic phones, nothing special. You can make a phone call with them. Cool. You know what I'm saying? 
computers at best if you were lucky you had a dial up and you had a big ass desktop at your house right i think i, I recall i had like a gateway and it was dial, you know aol right you know you you know whatever you got mail and you god forbid someone pick up the phone and make a phone call and then you lose connection and it's like crap you know so when they did the patriot act obviously they didn't cover a lot of electronical or is that a word electrical <laughs> devices computers internet they didn't cover that in that because it was new technology back then so they didn't think that 2023 would be 2023 in essence so you have to update the patriot act and that's essentially what this is but you have to ask yourself much like the don't say gay bill that doesn't say anything about that why are these people saying that why are they saying oh it's the tiktok ban bill or whatever why do they want to ban tiktok now i'm going to say this about that if if you are not on tiktok and you don't want to be on tiktok don't be on tiktok it's simple just like any other app it's just like uh, you know facebook and twitter and instagram if you're not on it you're not missing it who gives a shit okay now if you are on tiktok and it, it took me a while to get on tiktok i'm not gonna lie to you because of this whole chinese owns blah 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 and i was like i don't know that's kind of crazy but then like chris's wife was on it and then chris eventually got on it and essentially the way tiktok works is this whatever you peruse i guess on on your on the internet on your phone ipad whatever um is what you're going to fall into that algorithm when you get on tiktok okay so like when i first got on tiktok it was nothing but girls shaking their ass because that's what i look at no i'm joking it was it was it was weird it was like you sign on you first get on tiktok and it was it was i'm not when i say that i'm not lying it was a lot of sexual type stuff and it's like, why the fuck am I seeing this? Because I don't, you know, I don't do that shit on my phone. I do it at home. No, I'm joking. I don't, you know, I don't mess with that shit. And it was like, why is this on? Why is this what I see? And it was like, oh, that's because that's what you look at online. No, it's not. I don't sit there and watch fat ass girls shaking their ass. I don't do that. But um, he was like, well, that was the same thing. I think pretty much anyone you might be laughing right now if you have a tiktok and you were on there first and that's what you saw were girls twerking and doing this and doing that so i was like what the fuck and then you start falling into a different algorithm depending on what you look at so if you're on twitter and you're looking up conspiracy theories and stuff like that and you're following whoever on twitter you'll start seeing more of those types of videos and what i like about tiktok is this the girls shaking the no um is it tell it shows you a lot of different truths i guess now you could sit here and say oh that's china throwing conspiracy throwing shade at you so you could believe something this that and the other thing i said okay well i'll say this about that if you have tiktok and if you have instagram or facebook instagram would be better in this scenario so if you have facebook or if you have instagram and tiktok do this go on your instagram Go to the search, type in France, and hit enter. What's going to come up is 
you know, pictures of France. You'll see the Eiffel Tower and you'll see, you know, people drinking coffee and, you know, you'll just see random pictures of France, right? Go on TikTok and type in France. And you're going to see what the fuck's going on in France. <laughs> you're going to see these riots that are going on in Paris. You're going to see a lot of shit. Okay. Also, go back to Instagram. Type in Holland. You're going to see tulips and windmills and everything's, you know, wearing, everyone's wearing wooden shoes and, you know, whatever, Hansel and Gretel are chilling and whatever. Go to TikTok. You're going to see the farmer protest. You're going to see that stuff. So you have to ask the question. TikTok is owned by China or whoever. I guess technically there's the argument is it's not owned by China's government. It's owned by, you know, whoever. Yeah, but whoever works for the government, they show blah, 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 whatever. I think it works out like this. Essentially, our government believes that TikTok is doing what our government is doing with Instagram. <laughs> so I think it's a situation like this. Our government, although it doesn't run Facebook, which owns Instagram, and they don't run Twitter, unless it's Twitter pre-Elon, let's put it that way, uh, they had a hand in it. So I think their argument is, well, even though TikTok doesn't, or China doesn't run TikTok, they have a hand in it. Well, yeah, you know that from firsthand experience. And the fact that you can't block what people are seeing on TikTok is bothering you. It's because the news media that you watch, whoever you watch, I don't give a shit who you watch, CNN, MSNBC, your local channels, Fox, News Nation, Newsmax, whatever you watch, it is all controlled one way or the other. The basic message is a lot the same. Same thing on um, Facebook and Instagram and all these other things. They're, they're guided a certain way. And if they don't want you to see it, you won't see it. They can't do that with TikTok because it's a foreign entity. And what do they keep saying? Well, we don't necessarily want to ban TikTok. You just need to sell it to an American company. Well, why? If TikTok is so evil, what does it matter? Well, because if Mark Zuckerberg owns TikTok, well, then he's going to cow down to the same shit that they're doing with Facebook and Instagram. So you, you always have to ask yourself, when a bill's being named something that it really has nothing to do with, what is it really about? And then you have to ask yourself, why do they want to get rid of TikTok? Um, I don't know that China has got my information. I don't know that. I don't know that they do, and I don't know that they don't. I think it's more of a situation that our government sees the popularity of TikTok, and they're a little jealous. And they want a piece of that action. I guess that's the way it boils down. All right, real quick. <laughs> I say that, right? Uh, speaking And speaking of what they don't want you to see on TikTok, uh, this, this popped up the other day. Um, let me, this was sent to me by the 
Executive producer. Let me pause that so I can play this. Where is it at again? Uh, it's right here. Okay. So uh, in Chicago, you guys in Chicago, you're welcome or whatever. You just elected a new fucking mayor who it might actually be worse than Lori Lightfoot. Um, he is a true uh, defund the police kind of guy. But uh, this is what he says the other day. Uh, this was on TikTok. Chris sent me this. And it's a new mayor of Chicago justifies looting and rioting. Now this, I'm going to play this here in a second. Now this guy is a defund the police. He was he was uh, on another show I watched. And he, he said, uh, someone asked him about defunding the police. And he goes, well, I don't necessarily call it that. It's reallocating funding from whatever, dude. So, uh this is his excuse for looting and rioting. And organized looting last night, and you're calling to defund the police. Explain that. Yeah, what we're seeing is obviously is uh, an outbreak of incredible frustration um, and anguish that communities that have been isolated uh, through poverty over generations. And what we have is um, sort of a typical, very standard quite frankly, a very tired response um, to the regularly scheduled pandemic, which is structural racism. And that response has been to increase um, police presence that has not led to anything of substance to secure communities and to make communities whole. And so the fact of the matter is because we're spending nearly $5 million a day just on policing, while families continue to experience homelessness, unemployment, lack of access to health care, transportation. You can't take a certain level of urgency to protect capital and the wealthy and not have that same tenacity to provide relief for families that have been devastated through structural racism for generations. But so that's your new mayor of Chicago. I think that was back during the uh, summer of love and, and COVID and all that stuff and all the riots and all the looting and all the shit that was going on. So he was justifying that as uh, reparations, so to speak. So there you go. All right, real quick, I'm trying to get through these last couple things, and I'm going to let you all go. Okay, so Justin J. Pearson. Does that name sound familiar? Okay, so he was one of the, what, they are, what they're calling the Tennessee Three. Okay. So uh, the other guy, Justin, uh, what the hell was his last name? The other guy. <laughs> They're both Justins, oddly enough. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, so sorry. But he, uh, these these two gentlemen, you, you saw the tape. There was the two black guys and the, and the older white lady were uh, held like a protest. This was after the shootings in Nashville. And the, these gentlemen were on the bullhorn and yelling and screaming. And then the two Justins got um, dismissed from their from their seats. The other Justin has since gotten his seat back. This gentleman here has not as of yet. So why am I bringing him up? We probably, you probably saw the videos of, of the whole insurrection because, you know, that's essentially what it was. We're not calling it that because that would be racist of us, but it insurrection. So what does it matter? Okay. So, um, Justin Pearson, he's the one, one there's like I said, there's two black guys. He's the one with the big afro. He wears the glasses. And uh, it's very interesting because to hear him talk, he thinks he's the uh, Martin Luther King reincarnate 
slash Malcolm X. He's like Martin Luther X. Let's we'll call him that. And um, it's interesting because I saw this video on Twitter uh, posted by Benny Johnson, and I'm gonna have to throw a correction out to Benny Johnson. And I'll do that here in a second, but real quick, Justin Pearson. <clears throat> he's an African American activist and politician. He was a member of the Tennessee House of Representatives, representing the 86th District, covering parts of uh, the city of Memphis. He was elected, blah, blah, blah. Uh, He was born in Memphis, Tennessee. His father was a preacher and his mother was a teacher. When he was 11 years old, his family moved to D.C., where while his father pursued a master's degree at Harvard, uh, Howard, I should say, Four years later, the family returned to Memphis where Justin was shocked by the contrast between his previous high school in Virginia and his new high school, which was uh, conspicuously conspicuously (laughs) underfunded. Um, In 2017, Pearson graduated from Bowdoin, uh, Bowdoin College in Brunswick, Maine, majoring in government, legal studies, and minor education studies while on Bowdoin. Uh, he was a Mellon Mays Fellow. What is a Mellon Mays Fellow? So, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's a private foundation, five core areas of interest, endowed in wealth, and blah, blah, blah. Cool. Um, and he was accepted for a summer public policy institute at Princeton School of Public International Affairs. So, anyway, this is, this is a kid who obviously has, has some smarts to him. Father was smart. Or is smart, I shouldn't say was. I don't know that he's dead. Um, So he's got a little bit of sense to him. So recently people have been calling him out. And uh, Benny Johnson, I'll let you know that you called him Justin Jones. Justin Jones was the other uh, of the Tennessee Three. But this video I'm going to play is actually Justin Pearson. Now, this is a video of him when he was running for some sort of, like, I guess, essentially class president when he was in college. So, let me make sure my volume's good. He, um, the first part of this video, it's a 46-second uh, video, so 20-something seconds of it, is him giving his kind of a campaign speech of what he wants to do while he's the president at um, Bowdoin College. Then, at the end of this video, you're going to hear him speak on the floor of the House of Representatives in Tennessee. And you tell me that it's the same person. Justin J. Pearson, and I'm running for president of BSG. There are a few reasons that we're running this campaign this year. One has to do with representation. How can we represent all voices in a conversation? I wanted to do this by partnering with organizations from the Bowdoin Democrats to the Bowdoin Republicans. I want to bring together different voices, dissenting voices, voices that may be more liberal or more conservative, in order that we can reach a point of sort of the radical middle. Seemed like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win, but oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last, but oh, we have good news, folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. So there you go. So he uh, went from a seemingly intelligible, well-spoken, articulate young man to Malcolm Luther X. Or what was it? Martin Luther X. <laughs> the idea is this. Be who you are. Are you this Justin 
uh, Pearson from Bowdoin College running for class president who spoke like this and wanted to bring Democrats and Republicans at the school together and have a sensible conversation? Or are you going to be the preacher man sitting there on the pulpit trying to talk like that? And politicians aren't fake, right? All right, I got one more story, and this is what we're going to label. Uh, what did I write down here? I put down news of the weird. Okay, this is from uh, Jesse uh, Jesse Waters on Fox. Uh, I'll let him talk about it. King dead, but Portland's close. You know about all the drugged out zombies living in tents? Now they're trying to eat people. Just yesterday, a guy was caught eating the face of a man at a train station. I'm not kidding. Police caught the guy chewing on his victim's ear. Cops say the 78-year-old victim's wounds were so bad, you could see his skull. Police say they're not sure if the zombie was under the influence of drugs at the time. Yeah, I think we know the answer. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's pretty weird. That sounds like the bath salt situation from Florida from a few years back. And speaking of which, a couple things in Florida I'm going to touch on real quick. So if you're not from Florida, you can... Fast forward or, you know, listen to this because it's kind of cool. So last week or week before, our lovely governor uh, signed the new constitutional carry law. Now, this goes in effect on July 1st. Now, what does this mean? Okay. Well, personally, what I see, you know, what's going on right now in these red states. So you, you had the situation in Tennessee, you know, in Nashville, you had the... Uh, the shooting just like the other day in Louisville, you're having all these different situations in red states around gun violence. Now, mind you, there's gun violence going on in Chicago and in New York and in California, and no one's talking about that. We're focused on the mass shooting by a transvestite in Nashville, and we're talking about the uh, shooting at a bank in Louisville by a Trump-hating, lockdown-loving Biden supporter. Not my words. Not my words. But yet, guns are still the problem, even though we're not looking at the mental illness. Now, back in Uvalde and the shootings that we had last year, the different ones, we focused on the mental illness of those individuals and how were they able to buy a gun, right? So here's where I'm going with this. So with Florida being Florida <laughs> and the national hatred that is being pushed towards DeSantis, do you honestly think that these you know, freak shows aren't going to try and bring something to this state and disguise it as some dumbass Floridian with his with its lax gun laws that did this? Mark my words. Now today is April, uh, April 12th, right? 2023. I'm not saying that on July 1st something's going to happen. But July 1st, I don't know what day that falls on. But the, uh, that, let me, I'll look real quick. How does that sound? June, July, July 1st is a Saturday. July 4th is a Tuesday. So is it possible that July 1st, this law goes into effect? I would say, I'm not saying something's going to happen July 4th, but I wouldn't be surprised that within that month, something doesn't happen in this state. Now, I know that's a broad 
uh, prediction. Something's going to happen. No shit, really. Something's going to happen. Shocker. What I mean by that is I would not be surprised if sometime in the month of July or possibly early August. Now, the only difference would be, and this is where I'll make a, a, an, an ademption, ademption, a uh, whatever. Uh, there's no school, so it could wait until the end of August. So within a couple of months, sometime in the next decade now, um, I'm just saying, I, I can honestly see July, August, something happening, whether it's a school shooting, a uh, bank shooting, a work shooting, something along those lines, where it's a mass casualty situation in this state, not in Tennessee or Kentucky or Georgia or Tennessee or Texas or wherever, in this state. Now, I know it's not a stretch. Uh, we've had our fair shares of mass shootings. We had Parkland. We had Orlando. I get it. Um, I think whatever does happen, it'll fall around the fault of the constitutional carry. And what I mean by that is it won't be a situation with an AR-15. I think this will be a situation with a handgun or multiple handguns. It'll kind of be like a situation that happened in New York that we never really heard much about once we discovered that it was with handguns and a black man on a subway. That story went away with the quickness. But that particular situation, I don't remember the guy's name, whatever, but he used a Glock 19, and uh, with those particular guns, you can buy an extended extend mag, 33 rounds. I have them myself. Um, I'm just saying. I pray that I'm wrong. I do. I don't want people to die. But I think these people are so hard up to get rid of DeSantis. It's the, between Trump and DeSantis. It's like there's other people running for president on the Republican side, and no one's talking about them. I mean, in all honesty, and, and DeSantis hasn't even said he was running. And he's got a target on his head just as big as Trump. So, and <laughs> you're seeing Trump being persecuted politically or, you know, judiciously. Well, they're going to go after DeSantis in the hate factor. They're going to try and make DeSantis look like an idiot. Oh, he's anti-gay. He's a dictator. He's, uh, he's putting doctors in jail. He's uh, doing this. He's doing that. And then he passes a gun law. And then, oh, look at that mass shooting. So, I don't know. Like I said, hopefully I'm wrong, but I fear that I won't be, but we'll see. Just know that on April 12th, 2023, you heard it here first. <laughs> and with that being said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and call it a day because the wife's home. She's cooking dinner. I'm going to go eat. And uh, you guys have a terrific day. Please, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please subscribe to the show. Share this with your friends. And uh, follow us on social media if you're so inclined. If you have any questions, concerns, ideas, anything you want to float me, you can reach me at don'ttreadonamerica.com. Uh, you can subscribe to the website there. I will not spam you. Uh, probably pretty much won't even bug you. But from there, you can get in contact with me if you so choose. All right. You guys have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you again on Friday. <laughs>